Welcome to the Intelligent Dynamic Sensing Podcast. My name is Bruce Malkinson, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Accenture Technology Corporation. In each episode, you will learn from industry experts who share their insights and strategies on how to reveal hidden surface data and optimize the performance, comfort, and safety of surfaces. We will discuss and present solutions that have worked for real-world applications across fields like product design and safety testing, consumer, clinical, and human body performance. All right, so welcome to our podcast today in uh, our Intelligent Dynamic Sensing Sports Performance Series. And once again, I have Antonio Robustelli joining me. And today uh, we're talking about biofeedback. Antonio, welcome. Hi, Bruce. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. So uh, we're, we're doing this in complement with our latest webinar. So we want to talk a little bit about biofeedback so that uh, the listeners have some understanding about what our webinar is going to be about. So from a high level, uh, Antonio, share with us in this context exactly what is biofeedback and how is it relevant in sports science? Well, uh, biofeedback uh, is, um, it's important to understand that biofeedback is a, a learning process. Um, it's um, the main goal of biofeedback or the original application of biofeedback historically has been related to the goal of uh, deregulate stress response in, uh, in, 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 uh, in individual. Uh, and uh, at the very beginning, it has been used in sports to increase the efficacy of the recovery process uh, and regeneration process, mainly with the use of uh, EMG, skin temperature, heart rate variability, uh, respiration uh, metrics in order to fix this, uh, this problem. Uh, and uh, in the last years, there has been an increase in uh, application of biofeedback with different tools. Uh, and also to increase biomechanics output, like we do with the plantar pressure uh, mm -hmm. mapping. And the, the principle uh, of, the, of, the, of biofeedback is that the, the, any uh, behavior, whether it is a complex uh, task or a simple task, uh, when reinforced, it's a likelihood of being repeated and perfected increases. So this is the main okay. principle. And, and so what are some of the practical, practical ways that biofeedback is used in sports today? You know, is it used in, in, in uh, improving intensity, concentration, consistency? What, what, what are sort of the practical applications of that? Yeah, uh, if 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 um, if using biofeedback with uh, for re regeneration uh, processes, it is being used to uh, decrease anxiety in athletes, to increase concentrations, and also the consistency of recovery patterns uh, when used for physiological aspects. When used for biomechanical aspects like uh, we do with plantar pressure, uh, it is being used to uh, improve postural uh, aspects, to improve force application, uh, to improve technique also uh, when used 
for uh, with plantar pressure mapping. Would it, uh, I just want to throw something else in there. I, I was thinking when you mentioned that, would, would, this, would this have an application in increasing awareness uh, in an athlete in terms of body position in space or, or weight shifting, things like that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Also because uh, the main goal of the biofeedback is to start uh, training with the monitor in front of you to, to be aware of the of the changes in, uh, in in different patterns, and then progress with with without monitor. So this is going to increase your awareness and your ability to to keep uh, to reinforce some some uh, behavior, some patterns, uh, uh, even with no direct feedback on the on the on the screen and on the monitor. Okay, so then uh, how exactly does biofeedback change the physical patterns of motion in, in athletics or in rehab? You know, what I'm wondering is, it is how much of biofeedback training is, is psychological or is it more uh, sort of a physical muscle memory thing? Yeah, um, the, the mechanisms of how biofeedback change physical patterns is the one that I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast. Is, uh, uh, it is a, uh, operant conditioning techniques. Is that, so the, 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 the principle is that we are going to uh, reinforce a, a, a behavior, uh, whether it is a simple task or a complex task, we are going to reinforce the behavior and we are going to increase in this way the ability to repeat and perfect this, uh, these motions and these patterns over time. And uh, regarding the, the how much of biofeedback training is psychological versus physical, uh, it depends on the, on the main goals. Uh, if we are going to use biofeedback to increase to deregulate let's say the stress response and we have a lot of psychological uh, aspects related to this uh, especially with uh, this is being used especially with uh, heart rate variability training and uh, in our case uh, yeah there is a, uh, also a physical and muscle memory aspects related to the passive association of our behavior uh, so that we are going to gain uh, at various degrees of control uh, also um, by in, in an unconscious way and not only in conscious way. All right. So let's continue, Antonio. And, uh, you know, today we're discussing plantar pressure and gait measurement. So what's the data that can be employed from those measurements collected uh, and applied to biofeedback? Uh, yeah, it depends on the, on the main goals uh, of using uh, plantar pressure, if it's for training or if it's for rehabilitation. In case of gait, uh, the, the data that can, can be used uh, as a direct feedback uh, from, uh, from the plantar pressure are related to the uh, to the center of pressure and the trades and how the center of pressure is progressing during any functional task uh, and also in the pressure distribution uh, between 
between the left and right side. This is the main difference uh, between using plantar pressure for assessment and for evaluation. And you, where you, um, and for biofeedback, where you can understand in real time what you are doing and you can learn how to, to, to change uh, biomechanical aspects, also in the timing as well, in the, in the stride length uh, during, during the, um, the execution of the, of the task. So this is the, a, a very, very, this is an advantage that only uh, plantar pressure uh, can, uh, can give us uh, because you can have the, also the visual Display displays of the of the pressure zone, which is based on colors, but there is something that you cannot obtain with other uh, other technologies like force plates and something like that. So, how does this data provided by the uh, plantar pressure and, and gait measurement facilitate a conversation between an athlete and a coach? Tell us a little bit about like what does that really look like trackside. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's very important because uh, this is one of the aspects that uh, I like to 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 stress when talking about uh, biofeedback application, uh, the communication aspects aspects because most of the time uh, we are only focused on the on the on the yeah, on the training aspects and on the training output, but biofeedback uh, is um, useful to improve communication because both the athlete and the coach can uh, start a discussion in real time uh, after looking at what happens on the screen. So based on real time data, the athlete is also um, better understanding what are the needs of the coach and the coach can improve uh, his ability to understand what are the needs of, uh, of an athlete. So uh, the, the communication and conversation is really facilitated with the uh, with the use of uh, plantar pressure for biofeedback okay and uh can you provide a little bit of insight into sort of i'm wondering what to what degree this is more effective when it's done real time say trackside versus in a you know in a uh uh you know in a follow-up session in you know with with uh, training or or uh you know in in review with that athlete uh, I think that um, this um, this technology can be used uh, successfully uh, for uh, for both goals. Uh, it also depends on the on the type of time available. Uh, if it is a a team sports or an individual sports where you have more time to work with an athlete. Uh, I think that when using uh, as a monitoring tool, um, it is effective 
because you can, uh, depending on your um, assessment schedule, because you can uh, monitor any changes in, um, in, in your training program and you can look at the uh, deviations uh, from, uh, over time from the, from the baseline. Uh, when used trackside, uh, in my experience, um, it is effective when you have a specific goal in mind. Okay. If you don't have a specific goal in mind, uh, using biofeedback is not so useful. Because to use biofeedback, you should have a goal. Whether it is uh, an injured athlete that needs to be rehabilitated yeah. or a non-injured athlete, uh, but with some technical aspects that needs to be addressed with, uh, with biofeedback. Okay. So, you know, for those folks that are listening in and might be uh, joining us on our webinar, can you give us some insight into really how complex is it to implement biofeedback into training or rehab? Um, and, you know, and how, how long does it have to be in place to get results? Ah, it is no, uh, no complex at all because uh, especially the, 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 the plantar pressure insults from Xsensor are really easy and fast to set up. Uh, and thanks to the visual uh, displays, uh, the, the, the learning uh, curve uh, for the athlete as well is um, is uh, is very very uh, low so uh, the athlete is, will start uh, having a, a increased engagement uh, immediately thanks to the to the to the visualization of the color pressure uh, zone for the for the coach it is important also to look at the graph uh, as, a, as a feedback. Um, for the athlete, the main advantage is to look at the, uh, at the graphical displays and visual displays of the pressure colored zones that can help to, to modulate uh, and change behavior in, uh, in real time. And um, of course, uh, results, uh, we are looking at results in two in, in two ways. There are immediate results that are related to the, to the single session uh, where you can see acute changes in, uh, in, uh, in, in behavior. Uh, but to gain uh, consistency and to change, to uh, create positive changes in uh, model behavior, uh, you need to the accumulation of sessions over time. And uh, this is a, also a very individual uh, response. Most of the time, the level of the athlete is making a difference. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, novice athletes uh, are uh, having more time because they are uh, less confident with their uh, body and with their muscular action respect to uh, intermediate and... Uh, and uh, advanced athletes. Okay, so you know, can you give us a sense, uh, you know, from your experience, you know, uh, maybe a quick example or two of an application where 
um, the athlete benefited from biofeedback um, and what kind of, you know, what kind of technology that was or, or. Um... Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, the, in my experience, uh, I've been using uh, plantar pressure mapping uh, both for uh, assessment and for biofeedback. And most of the time um, I've been using uh, biofeedback um, with athletes at the very beginning. Uh, most of the time, you know, uh, in some sports like in team sports, uh, in, uh, in, in football in, uh, in Europe where athletes and sometimes are not used to perform uh, strength exercises in the right way uh, in the gym, like uh, back squat, front squat. And um, I've been using uh, biofeedback to, uh, to improve the teaching process uh, for me and the learning process for them. Uh, especially in movements like back squat or front squat. Uh, and also in the rehabilitation process, I've been using um, biofeedback for uh, calf injuries and for ankle injuries. Uh, in, uh, in, the, in, in the process, I've been using the, by the plantar pressure to help athletes uh, increase the success of rehabilitation, especially to, uh, especially with ankle, uh, after to, to, to gain, um, more, uh, I, I think it's more effective, uh, using biofeedback, uh, with panther pressure to, especially to, re to gain stability again, uh, after, after an ankle sprain. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time, Antonio, for joining me today and, and, and uh, addressing these questions that hopefully provide our listeners a bit of insight into um, our upcoming webinar. And we certainly invite them uh, to join us for that. It's my pleasure. And thank you for inviting me to the podcast, Bruce. Thank you for tuning in to the Intelligent Dynamic Sensing Podcast. To learn more, go to Accenture.com or email us at salesaddictsensor.com with any questions you may have. We'd love to hear from you. Never miss an episode by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts.